0: Welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is simply remarkable. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who supported the company so far. If you have got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M U R D Y, creative.co. Or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching at murdycreative.co. It is the best of our product shots. Follow us, keep up to date with our daily photos, and be the first one to know about new product launches. You can also use this subscribe button at the bottom of our website to be included in all of our new product announcements. Be sure to check out our laser engraving, personalization options and exclusive colors on the website, or you can get a blank one on Amazon Prime. It is rare that I think, um, maybe it's not that rare, Um, I think it's rare that I will talk about a prototype of a product that we're going to launch before I actually get the prototype finished. Now, part of the reason for that is there are times, and there are times in the past I've done this, where I will make a prototype for something, and then I'll decide not to make it. Whether it's because I didn't like the way it actually works in practice or whether because I think the prototype is just a little bit too much work and too complicated to actually make and produce at a reasonable price. There's a lot of reasons that go into potentially not launching a product even after the prototype has been made. However, so many people have asked about it now and I've been working on it for a month and I I will caveat it with this. I am 95% sure that we are going to launch this product. I am the five percent is not so much because of the concern that we won't actually be able to produce it at a reasonable price and that we won't be able to produce it in a reasonable way. It's mostly because I'm not a 100 percent sure I can nail the prototype. I've got a really good. Idea in mind, I've built a uh, the first prototype, and the first prototype I built was okay, it, it needed a, a couple of critical improvements and I'm making those critical improvements, which is why I'm not showing you today what the prototype looks like because I don't actually have a prototype that's anywhere near the finished prototype. So what I'm talking about um, to cut to the chase two minutes into this podcast is we are making a cover for the remarkable Two tablet. Now, I know many of you are thinking to yourself, but Colin, you said you would never make covers for tablets, and I did, and I mean that, and I stand by that. There's a specific reason why I'm going to make one for this. Now, this is not a promo for Remarkable and Remarkable Two specifically. Uh, it happens to be a promo, I guess, but I'm not getting paid for it, and I genuinely like the product, um, so I'm, that's why I'm talking about it. The thing that you're going to see here, if you're looking at it on the the screen, and you may be able to tell, is that it has. A very large edge. The, are they called bezels? Yeah, I think it's bezels. The width of the tablet between the actual screen and the actual edge is decently thick. It's not massive. It's not crazy. But it's thick enough, I think, for us to create a leather cover that works. So you'll be able to actually leave the product in, you'll be able to leave the Remarkable in the tablet case and continue to use it. That's the hope. So this will be different than our sleeves which are kind of designed to just, at some level, just hold the product. So you have to take the product out to use it. Now, that being said, worst comes to worst, if I can't figure out how to make the cover work, I'll actually probably make a sleeve. So that's kind of a, a caveat. But moral of the story is, and you may ask yourself, but why this? Why not an iPad? Why not something? And here's why. This is the first tablet that I've ever written on that I feel is a suitable replacement for paper. And that's saying something. It's not an exact replacement for paper. Don't get me wrong. I still personally journal in my personal paper and pen journal. That being said, the surface texture of the screen itself, which is e-ink, and the pencil that I use, and I got the fancy one with the eraser, um, those are that mimics the writing experience very well, all things considered. And I actually think that of all of the technological attempts to accomplish this, they've done the best of anybody. So it's a combination, in my mind, as far as, like, why would I do this one? It's a combination of two things. One, it actually fits in well with our mission of writing on pen and paper, right? It kind of fits well into that, that tangible mission. And at the same time, it technically can be done relatively well. Uh, because of the bezels now I haven't actually made one so that might be me just making that up that's that's what I think in my head based off of what I see and the designs I put together I think it'll work out well now this week I'm hoping to accomplish a, a first round prototype now this is the first time and this actually goes into a little bit of the details of why the prototype hasn't been done yet you may say this will be the first time where we won't have the auto knife To cut the prototype. You may say, What do you mean? Normally, back in the old, old days, like two months ago, we had a third party doing our cutting and they would cut the parts. The leather would show up from the tannery to them. They would cut the parts on an auto knife or a drag knife or a CNC knife, depending on what you call it. We would get the parts as finished parts and then we would make things. We'd do the final touches and then we'd make them. We stopped doing that partially because we could not guarantee the quality of the product that was coming out of the cutting partners. They didn't do their job by avoiding the natural scarring and blemishes that happens in leather they didn't they just didn't do that so we were getting very low yields of what we would call our A grade and so we had to go in and say look we're gonna do cutting ourselves internally and we're gonna make sure that we use just the best parts of the hide and we're gonna make sure that we you know die cut things so we have that clean edge and all the other things that go in with that process that's been an evolving process that's taken a lot of time and has been a real pain in the butt but in many ways one of the subtle losses in that process is that in those days we could pay them a decent fee. Definitely wasn't free. Definitely wasn't cheap, but we could pay them and they would cut just one on their auto knife. Now it was definitely cheaper than getting a die made. Um, but it definitely wasn't, it wasn't free. So that, I mean, I talked to them about this after we left, but basically that functionality, that prototyping is something they basically only do for their regular customers because, and I don't blame them. I mean, there's no money in it. It takes a lot of time and there's no money in doing it. So for them, it was always one of those things where, you know, the fee that we paid for that prototyping run was basically the cost of paying someone at their company to run one of them. It wasn't really them making any money off that. And They made all of their money on the volume that came after that approved prototype. So, I don't blame them. But the fact that I have to hand cut this presents an interesting dilemma because potentially, and this is actually what might end up happening, and this is where designing a product is actually very complicated in my world because there's 18 different factors or 100 different factors that come into play. One of them, obviously, is what is the size of the piece of leather when it's flat? Now, you may think to yourself, well, what does that matter? Well, I mean, it's going to be smaller than the height of the cow. Like, don't get me wrong. We don't make anything that's bigger than the height of a cow. But it's not going to be, but the, the larger it is, the more likely it's going to be that it's going to have potential blemishes on it. Because the harder it is going to be to avoid those blemishes, right? So, what's the size of the piece going to be when it is flat? Well, that's a big question. What's the size of the piece going to be when it is um you know as far as the thickness goes right when when the leather is bent or folded or turned or tablocked or any of the pieces that we use to put these things together how does that affect the thickness of the leather or how does the leather the thickness of the leather affect that process and with the remarkable unlike all of our other things that we've done we're dealing with a very thin tablet so it gets tricky to create a fold that works well with that thinness right so there's a lot of pieces of testing that have to go into that and what I may end up doing, and this is the, probably the most logical way of doing this, is I could, if I wanted to, laser cut the prototype, because I, I believe the parts that we're going to separate it into that are going to be assembled are actually going to be smaller than the laser bed that we have on our lasers. So I could laser cut the leather to the size for the prototype. That presents a unique challenge. Not, like, not the least of which that it's not really easy to... Like, Cut through leather with a laser or anything. So that's a problem. But what I might end up doing instead is I may say, we're gonna take and use a laser to lightly etch the design into the leather. Now you may say, well, what's the advantage of that? I don't have to measure anything. All of the relationship between the cuts and the, the all things aren't perfectly accurate. They're all properly oriented to each other as well as to the proper scaling, right? So there's a lot of advantages doing that. And that'll probably be the most logical thing. Now, the problem is with that is I have to make it digitally first then. Uh, And I haven't in the old days, I would literally just hand cut one and I would just guess. Um, I have to do things a little more officially now. And even when we get it made, even when I get the prototype made and then I'll go get the dies made and then the dies will come in and we'll hand cut that or we'll, we'll die cut them and we'll get all of those things will come into play. Before that even, we've got to make the digital version of the product as far as we have to make it online. We have to photograph it. We have to clean up the photographs so that they look consistent with the rest of our photographs. We have to then, after that's all said and done, we have to do all of the back-end side of things because now it's very complicated to launch products. We have to do all the back-end part of it so that we can properly calculate and, and track the raw materials it requires and put it into our prediction software. There's a lot of pieces to launching products. And I actually now have a greater respect for why big businesses are slow to launch products. Now it's my least favorite thing in that I don't want to become that company, right? Launching products slowly because of the bureaucracy that goes into the process is a horrible reason and is a thing that kills big companies a lot of times. So I don't want that to be us. However, we're in a weird place where that's kind of us a little bit. One of the advantages that we have over large companies in that process is that it's entirely internally driven right? We, I, I, I design the products myself. I test the products myself. I photograph the products myself. I put the photographs on the website. My, like, all of these things are me, right? So to some extent, it, both for good and bad, I, des, I determine how fast this happens, or my schedule, I should say, determine how fast this happens. But I'm really excited because I think, while this is a deviation, perhaps, from our core, it is not, that much of a deviation in my mind. And it's a nice hybrid step into the technological world. I don't want to do much more in tech. I know I said that last time, but I seriously don't necessarily want to do much more in tech because, like I said, there are aspects of technical designs for tablets and such that they just don't lend themselves well to leather. This design, though, I think does. And I'm really excited about using it. And frankly, I like using the tablet. And I don't like the fact that it doesn't have a cover on it because... I don't know if, you know, you can tell they advertise it's the world's thinnest tablet. They're not wrong. I I don't know if you, I mean, for those of you listening, it's not going to mean much. The thing's like, I don't know, four millimeters thick, if that, it's, it would take me no effort to take my hands and snap this thing in half. And that bothers me. I don't like that effect. So, um, it's great if you're looking for something that feels like like you're carrying a couple of sheets of paper, um, but it definitely needs to have, uh, leather the other thing about it and I was thinking about this the other day it's it's back the back of the tablet is aluminum and the edges of the tablet is aluminum and it doesn't feel it not appropriate it's not the right word but it doesn't feel appropriate I guess in my mind because the tablet the surface of the tablet the writing surface and the pen feel very natural they feel very much like paper and pencil in a lot of ways so I think once it's wrapped in leather, it's going to feel a lot more like an actual journal or something like that type of thing to me, rather than having that kind of cold aluminum back on this this tablet, which I don't think feels very organic at all. So I'm actually excited about this. So like I said, when is this going to launch? I'm not 100% sure. I'm hoping before the end of August. Uh, if I had to be more realistic, we may launch it for pre-sale before the end of August. And actually, it, it'll show up in people's houses by September. But um, I'm still pushing for it. I'd like to see it happen sooner rather than later because I want to get it out for you guys. And a lot of people have been asking about it. We've actually had, I think, in the last three days, four days, I've had six people independently, separately, privately DM us and say, hey, are you going to do something for Remarkable? And yeah, I'm hoping we are. So I'm excited about that. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, please check back on next Tuesday for our next topic. And don't forget to check that subscribe button below to be sure to get the latest podcast right away. If you have any questions or concerns about your leather binder, journal, folio, accessory, anything we sell, uh, feel free to contact the main page of our website at MurdyCreative.co, Or you can contact us via Instagram and Facebook. You can text, email, call, direct message, all the usuals. I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as possible, but I do appreciate your patience. Uh, if you would like to, we do have a phone number, 414-434-9001. You can call or text that number. Uh, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, Monday through Friday, or not Central Standard Time, Central Time, Monday through Friday. uh, That's 414-434-9001, and you can call or text that number, and we'll be happy to help. If you don't get us because it's either out of office hours or it's during office hours, but we don't answer, please do leave us a voicemail. Uh, Somebody's job is to answer the phone, and if they're unable to answer the phone, then they call people back. So if you leave us a voicemail, we'll do our best to get back to you as soon as we can. If you think we deserve it, a good review can go a long way to help us grow our new community. Both leaving a review on the podcast app, whatever you're listening on, or leaving a review on the product itself, on our company website. You go to murdycreative.co slash reviews. There's a button there. You can read all of our amazing reviews. It makes me happy. I love reading them. I read them every day. Um, but if there's, you want to leave us a good review, click the button that says leave a good review. It'll take you to Facebook.com slash merdicreative.co slash reviews. It says, do you recommend the creative Company? You click yes and you write your review. We love them. We read them. They're wonderful. They make my day. Uh, So definitely do that if you're interested. We definitely tell all of our employees. We read them out loud to the employees. Everyone loves him. If you would leave us a bad review, there's another button there that'll get you directly in contact with us. It is so important to me that everybody has a good experience with the company, no matter what the situation. So if you're going to leave us a bad review, please reach out to us and let us make it right. We can do everything. We can recraft, refund. We will take care of you. We really will. So please help us take good care of you by telling us what you need from us. Uh, And what would happen to make it right whenever you have any problems before you leave us a better review? And we will very much do our best to take good care of you. So please, please take that opportunity uh, and give us the opportunity to help. Uh, Word of mouth is the best form of advertising. So tell your friends, tell your family about this. Uh, If you want to get a little something for doing that, go to MurtiCreative.co. And in the bottom left hand corner, there's a rewards button. You click on that, you sign in, you get 5% back on any purchase you make in store as in store credit. So you can spend that on anything. But also there's a shareable link there. That shareable link, if you share it with your friends and family, they get $5 off their first purchase and you get $5 of in-store credit when they make that purchase. So it's a great way to help you help them and help us. So definitely check that out if you're interested. If you have any podcast topics you want to hear more about, send it my way. I am always happy to talk about anything I can and it's always difficult coming up with podcast topics. So uh, definitely ask a question. Leave a, send us an email. Uh, leave a comment on the YouTube channel, whatever the case may be. Uh, definitely, definitely leave whatever you're curious about. And if I can talk about it, I will. If you're looking for multiple binders, journals, folios, anything we sell for uh, gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason, we do have bulk discounts available. They are built into the cart, so all you need to do is add the quantity you desire. Uh, you can mix and match to your heart's desire. It's just one of five things, five of one things to get that basic first level, and anything be above and beyond that, um, you'll definitely see those increase in those volumes. So add however many you want. It'll automatically apply the appropriate bulk discount. If you don't know how many you're looking for and you, have, you just kind of want to get the most out of your discounts and you're, you kind of have a bit of a, a nebulous number, uh, reach out to us. You can send us an email, sales at merdicreative.co. That's sales at merdicreative.co. We'll be happy to talk through the bulk discount structure with you and work on finding the appropriate quantity for your needs and uh, help work on finding that best price for you. Uh, If you want a custom engraved item, we have no minimum order quantities and no setup fees. It's a simple flat fee, normally $15. Uh, and it can go up a little bit depending on the size and complexity of the, of the logo, but it's very rare that that happens. So it's normally $15, and that's the $15 before the bulk discount. So if you if you want to get just one, you can. But if you want to get a whole bunch, that $15 can actually go quite a bit down. So uh, it, can get, it can be a great option for corporate gifts or anything along those lines. Uh, if you have any questions or concerns about that, you're interested in getting one of those customized items, send us an email, sales at merdicreative.co. Be sure to include the logo, and we'll be happy to help. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great day and goodbye.